Previously on Saving Christmas, Sleigh Bells. Blip, Wiry, Skipperson, and his elite team of Special Forces Black Ops Elves were on a cocoa break when all Heckerdoodles broke loose in the workshop. An explosion rocked the workshop, and the facility was invaded by a score of toy soldiers and a few ice-covered monstrosities known colloquially as Spikesicles. The team, acting with trained precision, took the enemy down hard. December 23rd, 2312 hours. facilities were overrun with injured elves. The medics ran out of tinsel for stitches within five minutes of the attack, and they had to send half of our uninjured elves to go through the workshops and take down all the tinsel from the trees to use for stitches. The rest of the uninjured were sent down to tend the ribbon worms, just in case we did run out of tinsel and they had to resort to curling ribbon. Ribbon worms spin cocoons of curling ribbon before they transform into wrapping paper flies. We harvest the ribbon for use around the workshop. I'm not going to lie, ladies and gentlemen, this is not good news, said General Pepperpants. Whoever these invaders were, they cut a straight line through our defenses. The attacks you faced were just distractions. They got exactly what they came after. They took the big man's fully prepped sleigh and then trashed the backup sleighs on their way out. Alpha Team, we need you at Helipad B. Your mission coordinator will be Sergeant Crumbles. Beta Team, we've got some high-speed recon snowmobiles at Tunnel Entrance 3. Your mission coordinator will be Sergeant Buttermilk. We don't know what we're facing, boys and girls, so just be ready to take on whatever naughtiness lies ahead. There's no time to waste. Grab your gear and get in gear. Whoever the invaders were, they came in through some abandoned tunnels that used to lead to old facilities like this one. Then they collapsed the tunnel behind them. We could barely hear the mission coordinator over the headsets. Soundproofing can only do so much before the sound of helicopter rotors just decides to take a shortcut through your skull and rattle your eardrums from the inside like a loosely wrapped present in the hands of a curious borderline naughty. We picked up a blip on the global present tracking system in this location a few minutes ago. He was saying, This facility has been abandoned for almost 50 years. All the toys produced here were phased out over time. There shouldn't be any activity here. And the only explanation for the presence of presence here is the stolen sleigh. There's a windstorm coming and it's whipping up the snow something fierce. Line of sight and communications will be a little shorter range than usual. Whatever's there, we're ready, I said. My team didn't need to say anything. They were with me 100%. We're the best of the best, the elite, the elf special forces. We will do whatever it takes to get the big man's ride back to base before the big day. I turned to my team. Cambo was checking her ammo pouches, even though I saw her check it before we left and right after we got in the air. She's nothing if not thorough. Shade and Longshot were going over their weapons, too. Shade was polishing her ice picks to a perfect gleam, and Longshot was looking over his candy cane crossbow with his perfect eagle eye, making sure there were no scratches or dings in the wood or the bowstring. Last but not least was Doc Bubbly. She was wrapping red and green ribbon around her hands and preparing for whatever work she might be called on to do. I nodded to the team. 
maybe beta team does pep talks before missions. I don't know. I never saw the need. My team knows we're the best. We know we have to win or else Christmas won't happen. And there's not an elf alive who would let that come to pass. My team and I would rather be gift-wrapped alive and mulled over the fireplace than be the one to drop the ball on this one. The chopper sat down on an old cracked road. It hadn't been repaved or used in a very long time. We all hopped down and the chopper lifted back up again. The wind was already starting to pick up and toss the snow around, and as soon as the chopper was out of range, the snow started taking back the wide circle of empty road that the chopper's downthrust had cleared off. Keep in touch. We'll do what we can to stay within radio contact during the storm. Through the wind-whipped snow, we could see a large building ahead of us. They hadn't had time to find the keys in storage, but that's okay. Between the five of us, we could figure out how to get the doors open ourselves. We followed the road to an abandoned workshop. Long-lived ice in the cracks glittered like tinsel. It was obvious the place hadn't been used since at least the 70s. The windows were cracked, and what little peeling paint there was left on the walls was that ugly, dull brown they used to paint everything back then. I would have been willing to bet the carpets inside were orange or dull green. The front of the building faced west, not that cardinal directions mean a whole lot this close to the North Pole. Once we got close, Shade kneeled down and looked at the ground. Boss, look here in the lee of the building. Sure enough, where the building protected the snow from the wind, there was a pair of sleigh tracks leading right up to the front door of the building. The front doors had a padlock on them. On first glance, it looked like it was rusted shut over time. But on closer inspection, we could see where it had been oiled. It had been used recently. Cambo could easily blow the lock, but if there's anyone hiding inside, that might blow our cover. Naughty kids may open their presents early, but I didn't want any naughties to find out about our presence here. I could have used an acid cartridge in my super squirter pistol that I keep as a backup weapon, but that would have taken too long. Longshot boosted me up so I could peek in the window. It was worse than I thought. The carpet was a mishmash of orange, brown, and green fibers. It looked like the late 60s had thrown up in there. Gross. According to the old map they dug out of the filing room, the front door opened up to an anteroom, with a door on the north end of the room for visitor tours and focus group testing, and a big employees-only double door on the south end. The desk inside was old and leaning at an angle. The walls were covered in posters for popular toys in the 50s and 60s. No sign of movement. No signs of habitation, either. But there was a little bit of snow on the ground, tracked in by someone, or something. I threw a hand signal, and while I climbed down from Longshot's shoulders, Shade slipped on ahead to recon. A moment later, I lost her in the snowy air. Her snow camo is excellent, and when it comes to disappearing, so is she. We moved slowly as a group around the building. The windows on the side were all cracked, but none looked like an easy target for a silent break-in. I checked the map they gave us. It looked like our best option was the back door. No surprise there, the back door is usually the best option. When we got there, Shade appeared from around the corner. We're clear, she said quietly, just loud enough to hear over our radios over the sound of the wind. My team fell into formation and covered me as I pulled out my multi-tool and started working on the lock. Once I was done, I pulled out an oil can and gave the hinges a once-over. We had to do this silently. No point in taking chances. Shade slipped inside, as silently and subtle as her namesake. 
and a moment later we heard a click on the radio. That was a basic warning. There was someone or something in there with her. A crunch sound echoed down the hall. Then we heard her double click on the radio. Shade reappeared at the door. Another spikesicle. Looks like a man in a nest in one of the corners. It was just wandering around the hall. I heard some movement in the old toy labs, though. Should check it out. The two toy labs took up most of the center of the building, with a focus group testing room on the north end of each one, and a focus group observation room running down the middle between them. One-way mirrors kept anyone in the focus group testing rooms from knowing if and when they were being observed. The back door to toy lab B and focus group testing room B were right there in the hallway. I kneeled down to fiddle with a lock, and sure enough, I could hear some rustling inside there too. And occasionally there was a faint clop sound. It took a minute, but eventually the lock clicked and I eased the door open. The room was covered in work tables and benches, with old tools strewn willy-nilly around the room. On the far side of the room I saw a toy soldier, its joints squeaking with age, patrolling back and forth. A nasty-looking jack-in-the-box was hopping from table to table, and every time it jumped I heard the sound of a switchblade opening and closing, right before the loud clop of it landing on the next table. And sitting in a ring right in front of me were five dollies with cracked porcelain faces. They were holding hands. As one, they turned to me. They didn't move. They just turned their heads. Come and play with us, came a chorus of cracked, childlike voices. I was frozen in their gaze, like a reindeer in headlights. All I could manage to say was, oh, jingle bells.